You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. Go see our friends at Farm Bureau. Hey, Charlie, how you doing, man? It's been uh, Sunday coffee. We did it late after the game the other night. After a few nights sleep... Do you feel better about what happened in, in Baton Rouge or kind of still the, the same move we've been in? Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking to know that you've got a football team that can win football games, that can go on the road in the SEC, that can compete and win? In that situation, I feel better because the more you dive into the film, the more you see that we just didn't execute at times. We had some drop passes. We had some other big mistakes that have been well-documented. And those are all fixable. They're not typical of what we do. They're typical of what we've done in losses, but they're not typical of what we're capable of. And I think we will can do better, and I think we will do better. Especially the, the places where we were deficient the other night. I feel like it was, you know, the drop passes, that was the things that, that has has not happened in the first two games of the year. And I think we got some pretty good wide receivers as well. And, you know, we're going to talk with Jay Perry later in the show. We're going to talk to Julie Darty dennis about the, the volleyball program, and so we'll talk to both of those and uh, get Jay's thoughts on the other night as well. But, you know, just looking back at the LSU game, and I had a chance to go back and, and look at it too, Charlie, and the more I watched it, the more I saw that, that LSU really took away the middle of the field. And, yes, I know this may not be as good of an LSU team as they had three years ago. I understand that we're better. They're not as great. Yes, I understand all that. Am I excusing a loss? Absolutely not. But when you start looking at the um, at where they are their strongest at LSU, I would say their safeties and their defensive line, their safeties primarily are – one of the strongest suits of that team. And you would have to say that's probably our kryptonite. If we come across somebody with really good safeties, it's going to be it's that that makes it tough on us. Well, they took away the middle for the most part and we helped them take it away. Our completion percentages were very much down using the middle of the football field and in the short range than where we've been. Drops are some of that um look, not all the throws were where they needed to be, too. Uh, some drops are more on the receiver than others, right, depending on where the ball is located. So, um, and a lot of that has to do sometimes with pressure and everything else. But there's a lot that goes into it. But that being said, am I happy that we didn't, didn't win? Do I feel any better about that? No, not at all. But the more I reflect on it, the more I think this is still a team that is capable of having the kind of season that we can remember and be proud of. Three games in a row at home. Hey, at the end of the day, all you got to do is win. I mean, the, you need to win football games. And these are three games, even though 
you've got a couple teams in here in Arkansas and Texas A&M that are going to be highly ranked. First, we've got to take care of business this week with, with Bowling Green, but then Texas A&M and Arkansas. As we have seen in college football this year, other than the way that Georgia is playing right now, oh boy. and, man, are they playing well, other than the way Georgia is playing right now, there's not a team out there that's a dominant football team. It's amazing this year about how everyone is kind of – there's the one and maybe one in 1A, 1B, and then there's so many teams in that 3 to 4 to 12 range. Am I wrong on saying that? No, I think you're exactly right. And I think even, uh, you know, Vanderbilt may – no. No, no, no. no, no. But, no, I think looking around this league, you feel like Vanderbilt, Missouri, not very good. Hey, it's going to be interesting to see what happens – Auburn and Missouri this weekend. Oh, boy. Finley. And now Calzada says yesterday. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Don throwing shoulder, going to have some surgery. That's that's one of those of, yeah, I'm not wasting my year on this. Use my year with the next guy. Exactly. All uh, right. That's certainly how it feels. No, no doubt. Hey, hey. Best one and two team in the country coming to town tomorrow. Yep. Bowling Green. Yep. They're here. Simply because they beat Marshall. Hey, look, man. The Thundering Herd should not be taken lightly. This team lost to Eastern Kentucky, okay? It was like 19 overtimes or something, so let's be. I know, but they know. lost to UCLA as well in front of about 5,000 fans. Uh, they just weren't used to big environments. Okay. Or we'll the talk, lack of big environments. Right. We'll talk about Bowling Green more on our Friday Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Charlie, last night uh, Mississippi State won in volleyball over Georgia. Big win. And it's amazing to see. Well, we're going to talk to Julie Darty Dennis on the other side of the break. But it is amazing to see the transformation of a volleyball program here at Startville over a 24-month process. It's been amazing to watch. No, it certainly has. The just the buzz, the excitement. She's got enthusiasm, and uh, you look at a lot of our sports right now. Soccer. What James Armstrong's doing. Uh, volleyball, there's just a lot of excitement around some of our other sports, and it, it's fun to see. No doubt. All right, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Thanks again to our good friends at WFCA 107.9 in French Camp, carrying the show each and every week. We're going to come back. We're going to talk with Julie Darty dennis the head volleyball coach at Mississippi State. Then we'll talk to Jay Perry with the Mississippi State Football Radio Network and get his thoughts on the Bulldogs and LSU this past week and look ahead to the Bowling Green game on Saturday. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to the Farm Bureau Studios. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, and we're joined now by the head volleyball coach at Mississippi State, Julie Darty-Dennis. Well, Julie, good win last night. So Georgia last night opening up league play. What's the big difference for you? Is there any kind of difference about how you get into the season? It's the second season. Coaches handle it differently. But last night, is there something extra you talk about before you get into conference play? Um, I mean, we, this is, you know, season five for me, so I'm excited to be here and continue to grow the program, but I think last night we were just really focused on figuring out who we wanted to be with an identity as we started conference. Uh, the non-conference was an extremely tough schedule, and we got tested, and um, we thought, you know, it was a good it was a good battle to prepare us for SEC play, but last night was just all about setting the tone, um, being the aggressor on our home court and being comfortable in who we are and who we want to be. So we were just focused on one point and one side at a time. 
last year, such a successful season, the program gained all kinds of attention both across the country and just here on campus as well. Um, I, I guess two questions. First, how gratifying is it to you to see the way that this school has embraced your program? It, it means the world to me. It means the world to see fans leaning over the railing with posters and asking for all my players' autographs. And I think that, um, you know, in 2018, when I first got here, we were, we were 13th in the league, and we, we had some great fan support, but we didn't have um, that just intensity and that excitement about the program. And now there's people that are just clamoring to get in the door. There's a line before matches. And so it just it's really exciting to see that we've built something special here because when I took the job, I knew that there was so much potential, and I knew there was so much that we hadn't tapped into yet. Um, and I feel like we're there. We're still climbing, and there's still a lot that we can do, but I, I think we're heading in the right direction. So for me, it's just, it's really, um, it's been a labor of love. It's been really a lot of work, but it's really rewarding to see all these faces in the stands who have been with us for a really long time who are supportive. And the second question is, we talk to coaches all the time when you have a season that all of a sudden you've achieved success that you haven't in the past, and you've grown and you roll forward to the new year, and it's, sometimes it's difficult to get everybody to understand uh, it's a new year. What we did last year doesn't count. How are those conversations with you kind of getting everybody refocused to understand you got to climb that mountain all over again? It's a, it is a real thing. I think we're trying to make the only reminder of last season be that banner that's hanging in our gym, and we're trying to focus on one of our core values. It's tunnel vision, and we don't want to look in the rearview mirror. We just want to look forward at what's next, and um, we're in our 48th season of volleyball here at Mississippi State, and so we talked yesterday about that team 48, that team number 48 is unlike any other team that we've ever had before, and it's unlike any other team that we're going to have in the future, and that this group of people is special, and we've got to just embrace the present and what we're trying to do right now, each day at a time. Uh, I think it's cool to build off a lot, but I think there's an expectation that comes from what we did last year. And so we're just trying to play um, really loose, really free, still have that underdog mentality and just have fun while we're out there because I think that's why we were so successful last fall. Talk to Julie Darty-Dennis and the volleyball coach at Mississippi State. And when I look at the, the players, and it, it all comes back to players. It's all about getting good players in your program. And I look at last night and the, you know, the top seven as far as playing in, in points, all seven are returners. And you look at the roster that, that you had coming back this year. We talk all the time about talent and the talent of this year's team compared to three years ago, four years ago, five or two years ago. It's uh, you talk about a talent upgrade. When I think of Gabby Wade and I think of Shanir Kamardi, I mean those are two players that could play anywhere in this league, and there are multiple players on this roster that could play and start anywhere in this league. Well, I mean, I agree and I disagree because they both were recruits that we brought in as freshmen, and Gabby's on our fifth year here. And, you know, Gabby came in as a middle, and we've we've poured into that kid to make her the elite right side that she is. And she's bought into moving positions, and she bought into that change really early on and was excited about it. And I think now in the role that she's in, playing six rotations, she knows that every single week she's got something different to work on. Um, and then Shania. Shania's a kid that I recruited heavily at Jacksonville. She's a little bit undersized. She got told no a lot of places. And I think that that's why she plays the way she does. She's got a chip on her shoulder, and she's got a lot to prove. Um, and a lot of her kids are – there's there's returners on this team that are transfers that came from somewhere else that 
that came to Mississippi State for a reason to help us achieve something that, you know, that's been my pitch for a long time. And it's been this abstract vision about when we do it. And now we did it. And so they're a part of that history. And I think that's the exciting part of why some of these kids chose to come back for their fifth year with Deja and Gabby and why some of them play as hard as they do. Yeah, and along that line, recruiting-wise, I would guess after the success of last year and how you've started this season, there are a lot more kids that will take your calls now than they would five years ago. There's a lot more emails and a lot more calls that we're getting, which is awesome to see that one season of success uh, puts you in a better position. Our 2023 class, which is ranked 16th right now nationally uh, by prepvolleyball.com, is, is a class that we're really excited about. And then our 2024 class that we're still working on finishing up has some highly, highly touted recruits that it was interesting to see that our top kid also had us in their top three. And that's the first time that it's been kind of that match for both sides. So I haven't had to sell as hard because there are kids that are like, I want to come to Mississippi State. I want to be a part of this. And I think they like the story that we got to write last year and they want to be a part or something cool like that. I was reading a survey of high school kids that was taken last year, and they were asked, what can we do at our school to make you happier? And they said, add volleyball. <laughs> and that was here in the state of Mississippi. And one of the things, we've talked about this in softball, we talk about it in soccer. Um, in Mississippi high schools, maybe not that history of having you know strong developmental programs. What are you seeing in terms of developmental volleyball in the state of Mississippi. Are we getting better? We are. We are. The high schools that all added this year, that was a huge step in the right direction. And um, we get lots of teams over the summer at all of our camps that have coaches that are like, I'm the softball coach, but now I'm the volleyball coach. Please help me. I want my kids to love this sport and I need to learn everything I can. So we've got great people in place. They just need to learn the sport. And this, there's some great athletes in this state. And I think that it's really cool that these kids now want to play volleyball as well as basketball and softball. So we've got some really competitive kids. Um, and in, in just Starkville and Columbus, like we've got some club programs that are growing. People are trying to play year round between high school and club. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit while longer before I can just go a couple hours and stay in state to recruit my entire roster. I think it's going to take some time for our state to catch up with Texas and even Atlanta and Alabama is a, a little bit ahead of us too, but it's really exciting that at our camp, occasionally there's a kid that pops up and I'm like, oh, she's got some potential. She's got some bright spots. Maybe this is someone that we can keep in state. And when there are good kids in state, we certainly want to make sure that we recruit them and we don't want them to leave and go to another SEC school. So I'm excited about where it's headed. I think that we're, we're definitely seeing more people want to, want to learn over the summer and play volleyball. More and more people that I talk to are drawn to your team because of the excitement around it. They love the atmosphere coming to watch you play. But I get this question a lot. I need some place to go read more or learn more so I fully understand volleyball. What's the what's the best way to do it? Is it just come watch and you figure it out? I mean, I think it's a combination. I think show up, come when we have like a volleyball 101 where we kind of go over some rules and put some like educational slides on the video boards so you can learn the game. But volleyball is on TV almost every night now. So if you just turn the TV on and watch, I feel like the announcers do a really good job of trying to explain the rules and explain what you're seeing what, what coaches' decisions might be. So I think the more you can watch, the more you're going to learn. And then ask questions. Send your kids to camp. Most of our camps I let parents sit and watch because they've got questions too. So if they just want to hang out and watch camp, they're going to learn while their kid's getting to play too. 
Um, and then as as your app matches, I think the coolest part is these these eighth graders and these kids that are coming to watch our girls can talk to the players after the match and get their autograph, and they can have conversations and hear their stories. And I think even more on social media, my team gets to put their put themselves out there and share their story, and people can just learn how they got to where they are now. Because not everybody started and played ten years of club volleyball. Some of them had a totally different journey and. Um, I think it's always cool to hear how different it is, but everybody, you know, has a has a different story and a different journey. You know, one of the great things about this place is you know, here at No Grissom is the acoustics are not very good, to be honest with you. And that's a good thing when it comes to yelling and cheering, and it really turns it into almost like an obnoxious loud in here. And, hey, I, I do want to uh, come back at you one thing. Sometimes the announcers don't know what they're talking about because I can say that firsthand because there, there's, a <laughs> okay. lot of, there's a lot of times that, that I'll look at Darlene, who is my color analyst, and I'll look at Darlene Miller, and I was like, I'll just throw my hands aside, like, okay, what did, I, what did I just see? And I've been doing this a while now, so don't take us for granted okay. now. Okay. There's, there's a lot of times we don't know what we're talking about. Um but coming to a match here, and you start talking about the excitement here, and I've been to some other volleyball places in the league, this this place can get pretty interesting to watch a match. It is rowdy. It gets very, very loud. Um, for a long time, they wanted me to add sound baffling in here to absorb the noise better, and I'm like, no, we like it loud. We wanted to make sure it's a good home court advantage, and we're used to it every single day. Uh, you know, last night we had the band here, which was amazing, and we, we love when the band gets to come and play. We've got the cheerleaders back on the floor, so there's a lot going on, um, and we just love our fans. They get loud. They get excited. They're with us. They feel the momentum, and they add that energy that we need to have that whole um, home court advantage that we love here at the Gris. You've got a full week till you play again. You like that, or are you ready to get back out there? It's, it's tough. So with this group, like you mentioned before, we've got a lot of returners. We're a little bit older. So rest is a really good thing when you're, when you're in your fifth year, when you're older, right? So um, over the next couple of days, I think we're taking some time off. We're going to get in the weight room. We're going to watch some video. We're going to have some practices before Auburn. Um, but if you look at our schedule after Auburn, it's, it's pretty brutal. There's a quick turnaround for Arkansas next weekend. So I think we're definitely going to take advantage of a couple of days here where we can go a little bit lighter and focus on us and be um, just give them some rest that they probably need before we really dive into a really tough slate. But SEC schedule, there's really nothing regular or routine about it, so you just kind of have to go with the flow. Yeah, so that's what's crazy. You know, you look at other sports too. We talk about football all the time. But in soccer and volleyball and everything else, the league has just gotten so much better across the board. Julie, appreciate you joining us. Um, hey, one of the great things I enjoy about volleyball, one is the fast pace. I mean, it's it's fast pace. As soon as you walk in the door, and it's untimed, it's kind of one of the reasons we like baseball, is just because a team may be dominating, Charlie, it's – it's still anybody's game until that last point's there. And we've seen that over the years. But here's the thing I love about it, 72 degrees. I know every time I walk in the arena, I'm not going to be cold. I'm not going to be hot. And that's why, I'm telling you, that's why it should grow as a sport in the state of Mississippi because you don't have to worry about going outside and practicing. If you got a daughter that's 10 years old right now, to heck with softball. To heck with soccer. It's too cold, soccer. You need to get them on the volleyball floor. Is that right? That's right. No, I definitely think that we've got a great thing going here at the Gris and trying to make this the premier volleyball complex in the conference, and I think we're headed there. Hey, you're a top player in digs. Last night, Lily Gunner. You ever driven an excavator? <laughs> I have not. I have not, but she's definitely 
doing her thing back there. She's holding it down. Charlie has driven an excavator. And this segment is actually brought to you by Trax Plus, who sells Saney excavators and mini excavators. So that's the, that's the best segue you've ever heard right there, talking about digs on the volleyball floor. We'll talk more about Trax Plus in a minute. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Hail State. Well, thanks, Julie. And that conversation brought to you by our good friends at Trax Plus. Trax Plus with five locations now. Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus, Mississippi. Then you got Ken Crosby and Justin Ward in the Forestry Division down in Hickory. Andrew Harrison, Drew McGee, and Casey Eccles in the construction world down in Hickory. Then uh, with Rental, you've got Ryan Mosley and Chad Tillman at the Hickory location. Down in Summit, Caleb Pounds handles the forestry and the construction. Grace Howell now the construction sales manager. And so in Alexandria, Hoot Weems, and in Bessemer, Alabama, Nathan George and Josh Campbell. So our good friends at Trax Plus with that great Saney equipment for the dirt contractor and the Barco equipment. You see it in just about every single forestry site that you see. You see some of those Barco mulchers. You see the Barco handlers of the of the wood. I know it's got another term for it there. Charlie's laughing at me, rolling his eyes right now. So our good friends at Trax Plus. And so Charlie and I will come back. We'll talk to Jay Perry with Mississippi State Football Radio Network. Also works in the athletic department. Get his thoughts this past weekend and the week coming ahead as the dogs take on Bowling Green at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. Welcome back to Out on Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Mark Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios, and we talk to Mississippi State Associate Athletic Director. He does something. What is it, Jay? Is it legislative affairs? Is that uh, is that what it is? Legis- legislative affairs and and, and internal. And internal. I don't, I don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah. But he also roams the sidelines during football games as our sideline reporter. So we decided to have just a little roundtable. He was on the sideline this past Saturday night as the dogs went down to Baton Rouge. And he was on the sideline the last time we won as well, a couple of weeks ago over at Arizona. And this segment brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Jay, Charlie and I, every uh, every chance we get, put a big old slab of Country Pleasing on the grill. Don't know about you. I would love to have a little bit of the uh, jalapeno cheese right about now. The jalapeno cheddar and the yep. pineapple and pork. Now, the pineapple and pork, big player. Okay. We were just making sure that you, your allegiances and loyalties weren't hey. with another sausage company. We we're going to try to pull you back in. No, no, you okay. don't have to. I'm, e- I'm an easy country-pleasing kind of guy. Okay. Well, country-pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi down in Florence on Highway 49 at Country Meat Packers. They're over into the Atlanta market now, going further east into South Carolina, up through the Midwest, and just a growing company. And Henry Cooper and that group continue to just get bigger and better. Do you hey, see the one, by the way, that our friend Eric sent us? Yes, I did. Crawfish and pork. So three new Ooh. last week, crawfish and pork, okay. duck and pork, and habanero. So if I, I habanero, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to go there first. People but are, now the, so la, so. I guess uh, Memphis would have been the opening game, the only home game we've had so far. I would like our friends at Country Pleasing to know I used it. It was a staple at our tailgate. Okay. It's a staple of a lot of tailgates uh, now. It uh, should be. Absolutely. So the three new flavors now, 
all across the southeast to find grocery stores. All right, let's roundtable this thing. Let's talk about this past weekend and what's going ahead. Hey, just looking back at it, I had a chance to, Charlie and I, you know, we used to do that Monday cool-down show where we had 48 hours to kind of digest and watch, uh, watch the game. I looked at it, and again, last night, watched the entire LSU game. And, Jay, I don't know if I feel much better about it, but I think you can chalk up a lot of it just to just the inability to execute. Yeah, you know, it happens. And, and, and look, we're everybody associated with football and, and, and athletics, from fans to, to coaches to players, no doubt we're disappointed. I had a conversation with somebody. I said, when is the last time, if ever, by the way, we've left Tiger Stadium and, and, and we were – mad, legitimately angry that we didn't win. I, I, I don't know when that was. That's what happened Saturday. But I will say this. I, I really feel like we are so close to being a very, very, very good football team. I, I think that the guy – it was just one of those nights where you felt really good early. LSU is super talented, especially defensively. Their defensive front does a really, really good job. They get a couple of guys back uh, in their lineup – but I, I love this team. I, I think that our pieces are there. I, I, I'll be honest. In, in a very strange way, I'm glad we're all mad because that means we've got expectations, and not only external expectations, but internal expectations. I, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a bad thing. Now, I'm not one of those moral victory kind of guys. A loss is a loss. We're 2-1. and one. That will never change. But I, I really feel like, Bart, Charlie, that the pieces are there. Uh, I, I think that we've got a lot of football left to play. I think that this team, again, is really close to turning that proverbial corner. I, I think the days ahead will, will prove really, really uh, advantageous for us. Hey, being around some of these guys, it do, sure doesn't give the appearance of, oh, woe was us, here we go again. I mean, that's that's not the mindset no. that I've seen in the past couple of days. No. And, and you can't be. I mean, because here's the deal. Again, when you're in this building with these players, these coaches, from the head coach all the way down to a, a student trainer, you better be able to turn the page. Because in my 50, almost 51 years on this planet, I have yet to figure out a way to get a day back. And so what's done is done now. Now, it's like the old, uh, you know, the strikeout in the first inning, don't let it affect you in the fourth inning when, you're, when you have an A-B. So we got to learn from it. we, we got to figure out the things that we can do better. we got to figure out the, the places we can execute better. No question. But when and that, I, I tell you what, this staff does a really good job. You come in on Sunday and you watch the tape. You kind of go through corrections. And then when, when we leave or when they leave this building on Sunday night, it's done. That's over, and you move on to the next week, whether it's Bowling Green, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, whoever the case may be, it's done. Well, not, not to be to push back. I, I guess to some extent we'll see, right? Well, no question. Um, I, mean, I mean, we're going to play it, and, and, and we know there have been some Bowling Green-esque teams already defeat teams hey, in our league. Hey, look, this team that beat Marshall – and if there's one thing I can tell you with some authority. <laughs> here it comes. Marshall. <laughs> Four degrees to Kevin Bacon hey, right hey, here. Hey, don't, don't underestimate Marshall. That's if a big they win can for Bowling Green. The, if they can beat the mighty Notre Dame fighting Irish. You know, and then the team that beats them. So the transitive property applies. Well, I mean, right? it, it clearly does to your they, point. Yeah. No, so, but, but you're right, though, Charlie. You're right. We'll find out on Saturday. Hey, here's the deal, man. In college football, especially in 2022, every single win 
is special. And every single win is fought for. I know you and I used to joke when we were practicing law together. We're, we're one block removed from Regions Bank or Cadence Bank or whoever it may be. We're one block away from a bank. And every day we would see that Brinks truck pull up. But not once did they park in front of our building and drop off the money. Well, you got to go get it. We talk about bank first. Well, bank first, it's, yeah, it's right fun. down the road. Absolutely. Which is where Charlie does a, a ton of his banking, I know, with uh, the firm. But they would never bring the money to you. You got to go get it. So wins are hard to come by. I don't care who you're playing. Ask Texas A&M about the App State game. Ask Notre Dame about the Marshall game. Now ask Marshall about the Bowling Green game. And so, well, let's put it back in our perspective, too. I was thinking, guys, you talk about kind of waking up mad, and I was thinking about the times that you and I have have talked on a Monday morning or a Sunday after a game. And, And one of the things that I kept coming back to were the games that we were mad about, they were never somebody on the level of an LSU. Meaning, right. we, we got mad about a South Alabama. We got mad about, you know, we've had plenty of games that we've lost. Maine. Oh, boy. But, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, it, so I think what I take is somewhat encouraging is that I've now taken that same sense of frustration and applied it to, you know, one of the best teams historically in the SEC West. I, I, you well, know, I mean, you go back you, over the past 10 years. Yeah, 10, 12, 14 years. I mean, clearly Alabama, LSU, Auburn are the three best teams in the West, and, I mean, they just they have been. Hey, by the way, speaking of being mad, we talk so much now about money in college football, and there's money everywhere. Texas A&M. Oh, I mean, yeah. You go and you look. They beat Miami, lose to App State. But is there a program, Bart, in this league who gets less mileage per dollar spent than A&M? Well, when Texas joins the league, maybe Texas. <laughs> well, just say, dollar for dollar, A&M is the least performing team in the league, yeah, if that no, makes I mean, sense. It, it is. It is. When you start looking at the Just wait. In two weeks, we're going to be getting together and saying, look, man, this is a, brand, this is a different A&M team. We're, we're, we're <laughs> going to have a much different well, view but, on know, this but, show. But, but that yeah, kind of underscores the point we've all made, which is – and I just said, these wins, are they're hard. You know, Tony Hughes and I talk about it all the time, man. It's, they don't just give them out. Every peak needs a valley. It's part of it. So what do you do? You pick yourself up, you dust it. You like that one right there. Well, no, I wanted the opposite. I wanted to know that every valley needs a peak. Well, it does, okay, by, so. by, by definition. But, but, but my point is, you might be on the peak. I'm familiar with to, the valleys, to brother. To get to the next peak, there's probably a valley in between the two peaks. Hey, we could have a good show, by the way. You were talking a minute ago about, you know, you can never do a day over. We could do a great list of top ten days that we would do over. Would do over. Oh. It just hit the reset. You know, oh. that's the problem in my world. You know, as a kid playing video games, if it didn't, <laughs> if I didn't score the first touchdown, or if I died, reset. If I, yeah. if I died within the first couple of minutes, I just turned it off, turned it back on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I wasn't I mean, around. I wasn't playing out no, the bad game. You no, know? no. Well, let's not say anything stupid. Hope today we put in that category. You know well, what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> You've got one of the most prolific quarterbacks, certainly in school history, in the conference right now, in Will Rogers. You love, and I get it, we had some drops, but you love what you've got in a Caleb Ducking that's coming on, a Rufus Harvey, a Ra-Ra Thomas, uh, an Austin Williams, and, and then defensively, Zach Arnett, who continues to do a tremendous job. You, you love what you have there. You're going to get a Jordan Davis back this week, and, and that will be a nice uh, shot in the arm. 
But you really like the pieces. Emmanuel Forbes has been so good. Decameron Richardson, obviously. He's been good. Decameron yeah. Richardson had, you know, he and Marcus uh, Banks both had a really, really good camp, and they battled each other. Uh, Speedy has, uh, Banks has done a really good job on special teams. Decam, though, is, is really turning the corner, boy, as a player. And so I, I, I love this team. I love where we are. Of course, I wish we'd won Saturday. I mean, that would be silly to, to, to suggest otherwise. I'm encouraged that I'm mad about it, if that makes sense, because I, I think there's some really good things out there, uh, and I think this team will continue to, to make people proud, and they will play hard, and I think there are a lot of really good things and really, really good football games ahead for us. Hey, you know, we always have these text groups. I've got a, t- a bunch of text groups. Charlie's got a bunch of text groups. You've got a bunch of text groups. And I've got some guys I'm really close with guys that I'm really good friends with who have burned me up all week saying, hey, why can't we move some of these wide receivers around? A guy may be playing on the inside, and why don't you move, say, Tulu to inside and from outside? And It's almost like it's, it's kind of high school football and it's easy to do. That's not as simple. No, you, that's, you, that's you would you wish it was. And is that is that as simple as a situation? No, that's, you that's really really hard. I mean, that's a now you'll see it happen from time to time. Javante Payton was a guy that we, we kind of moved, but you you're talking about not that we don't have guys intelligent enough to do it, but it, that's an entirely different thing. The way we run our outsides with Coach Spurrier, Drew on the inside, those spots are so different in responsibilities in execution it's just it's really tough you're right and and not to to diminish high school football at all but it's a little easier to do it on a Friday night a lot more difficult to do it at this level well there's a lot of guys if you go back to watching high school football games there's a lot of guys who become stars by being the biggest kid on the playground that's right and you know the biggest fastest kid on the playground can do a whole bunch of stuff technique Forget it. You know, right? Doesn't matter. That's right. Uh, to hear a little, a little, different. a little different, and, and, and so it, it would, it would be a real challenge. It would be real difficult. Again, I, I think that our receiver coaches do a really good job uh, in the off season, even through recruiting. Hey, you may recruit a guy and say, "This guy, I think, is going to be an inside guy for us," and then they get here, and you're like, "You know what?" I think he can help us on the outside more or vice versa. And then even in the offseason, looking at, hey, we want to get our best guys on the field. Hey, we're really good at these two spots. Maybe we can move him to the inside or vice versa. They do a really good job of that. But once the season kicks in, now it's about polishing execution. It's about teaching guys, reminding guys when to sit in the zone. And then it becomes – and we've talked so many times about the quarterback – and the receiver play, knowing each other. If a play breaks down, we go into scramble. Uh, or, or depending upon the coverage, if, if the guy is going to sit in the zone versus run through, those are things that, that just continue to take effort. And, and let's be honest, to take nothing away from Memphis, to take nothing away from Arizona, but LSU ain't either of those. That, that's still a pretty good Their team. Their safeties were really good in the middle they, of the field. They were really good, and they, they, they made the decision to decide to kind of take that away from us. And I thought we still had certainly had a chance to win the game. And then, you got again, you got to feel things. Maybe you got to feel that safety and sit a little bit. Well, and all of a sudden, if you get a win, you run off a couple, you know, you still got to – you know, if we're sitting here 5-1, and one, we're not quite as upset. It would be my – be my idea. Hey, now the he, thing is, you just got to get. I, I'd say this, and, and we've talked about this before. It's some. There's kind of two different things in play. One is getting wins, and obviously that's the objective. The other thing that was just getting things fixed, right? And so I think um, Jay, you've been throwing out the sayings here today, but you know, one of them is for you know, their coaches basically forget the scoreboard, focus on what you're doing. And I, I think to some degree, if I'm looking at this thing offensively this weekend, 
uh, it's going to be a kind of forget the scoreboard. Now, here would be my question for the two of you. If you're Mike Leach coming into this game, and we take the opening kickoff, and we've got a fourth and two at the 33, our own 33 to open the game, what are you doing? This week, I punt it. And the reason I punt it is because we're a 30-point favorite. But are you sending a message to your team? I know. Are you sending a message to your team saying, hey, these guys aren't very good. We're going to punt and play defense. I know. The only only way that teams that are 30-point dogs beat you is if, if you do it to yourself a lot. Oh, this I got to say this. Though. I know, I know. Because <laughs> hey, my favorite, because uh, we're on WFCA, and so I have to give a shout out to our friend Jason Crowder. We were doing the pregame for that South Alabama game, <laughs> and um, so Jason is interviewing the radio play-by-play guy at South Alabama, JD Byers, yes, who's a you know, great yeah. guy. And Jason says to him, and this is on the WFCA show that airs before you know game day comes on, and he says. Uh, you know, how do you how do you get your team ready in a game that, you know, realistically you know you're not gonna win? And and I just remember having this bad feeling. There's kind of this ominous feeling at that point. And so I just wanna be I think you you're steering clear of that. You're yeah, not we going just, crowder. Hey, here. we missed a field goal that day. That I mean we, we wore some shorts. We did some things to ourselves that you just can't do. You know, here's the deal. I don't know that it matters. And and I think what Coach Leach decides, and in that moment, if he feels like he's got the matchup, he'll go out there and go for it. If he feels like he doesn't, he'll punt it and we'll let the defense work. But, again, to your initial point, Charlie, that you just said, don't worry about the scoreboard. And, And Coach Leach will always say, don't worry about what others are doing. Worry about what you're doing. Worry about what your job is. And only worry about what is in front of you. You know, look, there's a reason. I'm really in this sayings mode today. The windshield is bigger than the rear than the rear view. I need, a, I need a notepad. Right? The windshield is bigger than the rear window. There's a reason. Look forward. Learn from the past. Look forward. Don't worry about the scoreboard. Execute what you can do, be the most excited to play, and be the best at doing your job. I don't think that anyone cares within football what the score is. We just want to have more points than the opponent. Now, I'm not Derek going to say three to two. Don't worry. Uh, but we want. Hey, more there's a lot of people out there going to want us to win by more than thirty. Well, no, you're right. But but we want to execute at a high level, be the best at doing our job. If we do that. The score, as you said, that we're not going to worry about, will take care of itself. Here's one thing I will not do on fourth and two. All right. I won't throw a daggum fade route. I can tell you that for sure. That worked against us. Well, they got lucky. Okay. Well, yeah. just making sure. Hey, Jay, appreciate it. Good always. to see you as always. Always. Charlie, good to see you as well. I need some country pleasing sausages now. You guys got me hungry. Well, I've got a, I've got like a, a box of it at the house on the freezer. It's, was, it's mine. It was, has, <laughs> has a sticker on it says Charlie Winfield. Well, it's in a deep freeze. Yeah. Hey, and that conversation with Jay Perry brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. We'll come back and put the bow on this one. Final segment coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. Now, welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Uh, two good conversations right there with Julie Darty dennis and then Jay Perry talking about Mississippi State football. Of course, Julie having the big win last night over Georgia in volleyball. And All right, Charlie, get ready for a big weekend on campus. The first of three in a row here in Starkville. Hey, can't overlook the first one, right? 
And the people will laugh. They'll say, you know, come on, guys. It's Bowling Green. We're favored by 30. We've seen some crazy things happen in college football. We've seen that the line between some of the teams that can beat Miami one week and lose to App State another weeks is is not always as great if you don't perform. I think that's the common theme, right? Teams who don't play well. But for me, this game this weekend is not about score. It's about how we execute. It's how we play. It's how we respond to things like, do we make better decisions with the football? Do we block it better? Do we uh, throw and catch? You know, some of those things. So for me, I just want to see us play better. All right. This week for the city of Startville, hey, they had a thing last week. We talked about Startville.org. If you're coming into campus and you're looking for restaurants and trying to figure out reservations and where you want to eat tomorrow night and then Saturday night. And that's the great thing about playing an 11 a.m. game, if there is a great thing about playing an 11 a.m. game. There's a lot of great things about playing an 11 a.m. game. Is you can hang out here Saturday night for great dinner reservations here at Startwell. So go to startwell.org. And a lot of different things going on. Of course, you have the brunch and browse on Sunday, with which is downtown. You have a chance to uh, go get some, some brunch. And then uh, a lot of the shops are open downtown. Charlie, last week, they're, they're doing so many cool things. At Fire Station Park, they had the flick in the park last week, and you had the Pirates of the Caribbean they showed uh, last week at 7 o'clock as the sun was going down. It was a pretty cool event. They're doing so many different things. You've got the Lyceum Series coming up on campus. Dion Warwick is coming to town. Can you name a Dion Warwick song? That's what friends are for. Yeah, I think you just took mine. Okay, did I take it? All right. So a lot of the great things coming on on campus. Of course, you got three weekends in a row of football here in Startville, Mississippi's college town. So go by and check out some of the great shops downtown. Make reservations. Make reservations. dinner. He'll thank me later. Yes, absolutely. All right. Do you have your numbers and everything together for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig tomorrow? No, still looking at that. But one of them is going to involve the number of drops. And I think that number is going to be very low, Bart. You think that number's low this week? Okay. Yeah. No, I think it's going to need to be low. Need to be low or it's going to be low? No, it's going to need to be low. Going to be need to be low. So looking back at what we were talking about with Jay and about the execution, and who was it that said he was all in favor of the execution? Was it John McKay? Yeah, is that who started that? Yeah, um, I like the. Yeah, and then Brian Kelly said it. And oh, did he? No, he didn't say it right, though. No, of course not, because that's how he does. He steals ideas and then messes them up, Bart. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Enjoyed it as always. Back in the saddle. Tracks plus deep dig tomorrow. Yep, we'll be back. I'll see you then. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Once again, thanks to our great friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Tracks Plus with five locations now, the three in Mississippi, Hickory, Startwell, and Summit, then Alexandria, Louisiana, and Bessemer, Alabama. Our good friends at Startwell, Mississippi's College Town. Go to startwell.org for all those reservations. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And how could I forget about our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. And you just can't beat Country Pleasing. Well, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. You've been listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.